Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Whilst the UK still lumbers under high COVID infection rates and the economic recovery stalls with GDP growth now to trickle, the government wants to raise taxes. The central bank, with its so-called accommodative stance, will keep the economy fed with money, whilst the, supposedly, whilst the government wants to take it all away, or some of it anyway. Does any of this make sense? And aren't central banks kidding themselves anyway that QE is really helping? Between them, are they mismanaging their way through the crisis, and might they actually be making things worse? That's this week on the Debunking Economics Podcast with Professor Steve Keen. I'm Phil Dobby. Welcome along. So this is a curious thing to do for a Prime Minister in the UK who won a landslide in the last election by taking Labour seats in the North, the, the Red Wall it was called, with an agenda that promised to level up the economy so the Northerners would no longer be the poor cousins of those rich people in the South. But uh, the curious thing is, this week, a one and, a, one and a quarter percent rise in national insurance contributions, not in income tax, which obviously is graded dependent on your on your income, in national insurance. Now, national insurance for most people is a flat tax. Everyone who earns more than £9,500 pays national insurance at the same rate of 12% until they earn 50000 And And everything over 50000 gets taxed at 2%. So proportionately, the rich pay less. That's how crazy the system is in the UK right now. Now, that 12% is going up to 13 and a quarter percent, so the less off are going to be hit even more, although the increase is going to be extend beyond that 50,000. So the 2% national insurance contribution goes up to three and a quarter. The government is arguing that the well-off will pay more because they're paying this higher one and a quarter percent uh, for everything they earn over 50,000, but only because they've been paying disproportionately less all along. So, Steve, this is a grossly unfair tax, which is just getting oh, worse, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, I mean, only only the UK. I mean, um, you know, I'm, I'm so glad this is now an academic discussion for me in the sense that I no longer have to pay tax in the UK. <laughs> uh, but everything about the tax system in the UK was just either mind-bogglingly stupid or simply a case of let's kick the worker in the balls again. Yeah. Um, be- because, I mean, you mentioned the poll tax. Um, I haven't. We haven't. We, we talked about that before we started recording. Yeah. But yeah. You, you, it, you meant, yeah. Yeah. But it, 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 it is. Yeah, a, I mean, on Twitter. I, yeah. I tw- on Twitter. That's right. Is this Boris Johnson's poll tax moment? I think it might be. Mm. Well, I thought that, but then actually, the response from everybody to this hasn't been that negative. Surprisingly, people seem to be happy to be kicked in the but balls. It, as you put so, it. so this, 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 this is a national. This is the part that I'm still getting my head around. So the rate is. It's like it's it's a, it's a surcharge like the one that is uh, charged in Australia. Uh, for what they call the Medicare. Uh, uh, yeah, well, it's also su- it also is supposed to cover your pension payments, but it doesn't matter. It's just it just goes into yeah. the into the general. It's not siphoned off or separated in any way. It just goes into the general morass of of, of government revenue. But the idea but, was but, but that, the idea was it covered yeah. covered your health and it covered your pensions. That that was the idea yeah. behind it. And which, in fact, which is nonsense, of course. But and you don't get a full pension in this country unless you've paid for I think it's thirty or thirty five years of national insurance contributions. So you wouldn't yeah. get you don't get a state pension unless you paid the money into the pot. Basically. 
God Almighty. But like the, 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 the crazy thing is, so below 10,000, let's say it's 10,000 quid, below 10,000 quid you pay nothing. From 10 to 50, you pay 12%. <coughs> yeah. Um, and, and then like so if somebody's earning 100,000 on the zero to, they pay nothing on the zero to 10 Twelve percent on the ten to to ten to fifty, and then two percent on everything above fifty thousand. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, uh, yeah. So and this, with this increase, which apparently we're told is, uh, is is fair because the rich are going to be paying along with the poor. If you earn fifty thousand pounds a year, you'll pay an extra five hundred pounds a year with these with these increases. If you earn a million pounds, you'll pay an extra eleven thousand. So you see. You are, you're paying a lot more, so that makes it fair, doesn't it? Except for the fact that you, uh, you're you actually earning 20 times as much, but you're paying 20 times more as well. So, you know, if you're a Tory, you can actually say, well, that's fair, isn't it, without looking at how unfair the inherent system was before you started to do that. But, you know, if you're earning a, 500 pounds means a lot more to someone on 50,000 than 11,000 means to someone who's on a million, doesn't it? Absolutely. I mean, it, it's, it's it just... You, you look at the way the tax system has been designed in the UK, and uh, it, it's almost like you know the, the games of uh, rich school kids pulling pulling the wings off flies uh, type stuff. Twelve percent <laughs> flat tax yeah. on people between ten thousand quid and fifty thousand quid, um, and that's the vast majority of the population, of course. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was in the section of the income bracket. You know, I earned about ninety thousand quid. Uh, as a professor, when I was there, um, so what you're telling us, I was paying 12% tax on the on the on the on the uh, 40,000 between uh, 10 and 50, and then 2% on the tax above that. Yeah, um, and then and then and then of course everyone else is paying 20% VAT as well. Let's not forget that. So the basic rate of income tax has fallen from 40% in the 1960s to 20% today. You know, it might be a good thing. That's the bottom level of tax, but the top rate of tax mm-hmm. that that was 83% when Margaret Thatcher came into power. She took that down from 83% to 40%. So we've had basically income tax, you know, which is a progressive system, uh, has uh, has been eroded. National insurance has gone up, and VAT, the uh, you know the equivalent of GST in in the UK, uh, mm. is is now twenty percent. You know it wasn't around before Margaret Thatcher came along. Now it's it's twenty percent. So it's a real move to consumption tax and paying for services. And you know if we all paid the same for health, or you know roughly the same. Why bother taxing? Why not just say, well, we might as well have a, a pay-as-you-go system. We might as well privatise the NHS because this is a, a, a big step towards that. It is. I mean, I mean yeah, I, I'm still... Like, <laughs> you're, ga- still that, you're astonished, aren't you? It, it gags me. It's but isn't so it interesting that you were here and you were paying it's like it? It's a Monty Python script, you know? Yeah. This is... But you people- know, Monty Python was a documentary, in my opinion, <laughs> of, of the UK class structure. Mm. And, and this is another bloody case of it. You've got the 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 middle income earners, the you know, low to middle income earners. Twenty. What's what's the average salary in the UK? About twenty five thousand pounds. No, a bit more than that, but not much more. Than not that. much. Not yeah. much. Yeah. So everybody around the average is paying twelve percent, and those well above the average are paying two percent. Yeah. Um, yeah. You no. know, Marx. Marx once described the government as the as the management committee for the ruling class. And the country, which is whereas a lot of people see the, the government as a way of balancing the power of 
the, uh, the majority against the power of the wealthy. But if any country justifies Marx's description, it's the UK. But, they, that is- but the people get the governments get away with it, and Boris is getting away with it because, first of all, national insurance is bloody complicated, as we've you know already discovered in the first five minutes of this podcast. Mm. People don't fully understand it. Uh, so they don't know what you know. So they don't know what's going to hit them, uh, and he has uh, deflected the argument by basically saying, "Well, this is to cover the backlog uh, in care from the NHS because we've spent so much money uh, dealing with the pandemic and the you know and the neglect from his government, by the way, uh, of of, mm-hmm. t- of ten years of underfunding for the NHS. So this is to to play catch up on all of that, then uh, to pay for social care, so to pay for people uh, in nursing homes. So people look at all of that and say, well, that's got to be done without looking at the, the, at the vehicle behind it. So the question is, of course, which we'll come on to in a second, does it have to be tax at all? But if you're going to pick, mm-hmm. pick a tax, surely you'd pick income tax rather than picking uh, national insurance. But national insurance has neatly been there to say we are going to use this to pay for healthcare, therefore, this is the vehicle that we should use, even though it all goes. It's not uh, separated out; it all just goes into 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 government coffers. So, and what it, it does, it puts, it's, put, yeah, it's an easy it's argument to win, isn't it? Being the masses just go, <laughs> well, that that sounds like sense. And meanwhile, you've got a very complicated tax system that no one fully understands, except for those people rich enough to get accountants who can use it to try and avoid paying, uh, you know, tax that you could possibly avoid. Mm. You know, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's the complication of it that helps the rich, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, this this is well, like one thing I was surprised about when I got to the UK was you didn't automatically get a tax file number, because as you know in, in Australia everybody has a tax file number. Uh, if you if you're working, you've got a tax file number. But in the UK, you might actually not have to pay tax because it's taken out at the source, and unless you have deductions, you don't have to file file a, a statement. That's my my memory of the system. I'm trying very hard to forget some parts of my experience. <laughs> well, if, you, if you're on PA, if you're on PAYE, your employer pays it, and you wouldn't need to put in a tax return. If you're yeah, that's right. Yeah. So you don't. So yeah, but, but, but it, it it means that a lot of this stuff happens without you even noticing. It. It's just what ends up in your pay packet. Yeah. So a lot of workers, people, and people earning that, you know. Know, Ten to fifty thousand pounds a year, which is what, but about eighty percent of the population, I would imagine, if mm. not ninety. Yeah, don't know, but yeah, uh, well, just sounds about right. This is what that's what they get out of their pocket. They don't know who's, you know, uh, they don't really know where it's going or why it's disappearing. But the government is taking money out of circulation via the working and middle class and leaving the ruling class alone. Um, mm. and, and and to do what they want with their with with not with their you know, with with, the, with their their income their cash flow, and uh, it's it's just outrageous. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, the only way I make sense of the UK is to go back to 1066, <laughs> and say, okay, what 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 happened in 1066 apart from like a national health scheme? Uh, uh, well, first of all, you managed to fight off the Vikings. Well, that was good. Then Ethelred the Unready got done by uh, William the Conqueror. Um, the Battle of Hastings, and willing the conqueror rewarded all his generals by slaughtering the uh, the uh, Saxon ruling class of uh, of, of the Ang- the Anglo Saxons and Jutes, knocking them all off, installing his Normans on top, and treating the bottom lot like peasants. And uh, nine hundred years later, a thousand years later, Not what are they doing? They're treating exactly the same <laughs> bloody thing. You know, it's the only way to make sense of what the British do to the working class. Right, but the argument would be this is all good because it's paying for healthcare, and uh, the national health is a you know a national health service is something we all love, and the government's providing it for us. They just need to make sure they're getting the money for it. So, so that's the uh, that's the government stick on all of this. So don't worry about how, who's paying how much. It's just we've all got to chip in and and do our thing to save the mighty NHS and uh, this new scheme uh, will uh, will help 
everybody contribute. Uh, that's the sort of stuff that the Prime Minister's coming I out with. you tussled your hair when you did that. <laughs> I did, absolutely, yep. And uh, the, 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 the one on the left-hand side of your skull is both the one on the right-hand side. And I've got, I've got the photographs hey, yeah. of my 14 children in front of me as well, as I spoke. But uh-huh. uh, look, uh, yeah, paying off health care. So here's the thing. Uh, first of all, well, two, two, two questions on this. First of all, it's an open trough, isn't it? You're going to constantly need filling because the average annual expenditure increase for the National Health Service since 1958... Uh, is 3.9 percent per year, uh, and in fact, between 2000 and 2004, it averaged close to nine percent. It's gone from three percent of GDP in 1958 to up to seven percent just before the pandemic. The average household was contributing just before the pandemic around six thousand pounds a year to the NHS. Uh, for many mm-hmm. now, that, that with this tax hike, they're going to be contributing an extra ten percent if all that money does go to the it, it, go to the NHS. But this is the whole thing, isn't it? About well, we've got to pay for it, uh, and we've yeah. got to, we've got to pay for it now because the government is going to be in so much debt. So there's a whole modern monetary theory argument that says, well, do you have to tax to pay for it, or can you, can you can you survive without doing that? Then there's the other thing: that even if you don't go down the road and say, well, I'm not totally on board with modern monetary theory. There's the question about well, you know, interest rates are so low right now. Uh, the economy is 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 struggling. Is this really the best time to try and recover that money with uh, with with a hike in taxes? Because you're just going to take money out of the economy. You're going to stop people spending, particularly the people on low incomes who spend everything they get. Yeah, it, it's it's going to depress the economy in the in the interests of uh, of reviving the economy, which is the usual sort of nonsense that the main that the the, the conservatives get into. <clears throat> Pardon me. Um, the, 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 and, and this, this you know, to take a. I'm sorry, I'm almost inarticulate because I'm still reacting. <laughs> yeah, you're still shocked by the. Yeah, how when, ridiculous that is. I mean, mm. you draw that as a scale. It's just like zero out to ten, and then twelve percent from ten to fifty, and then down to two percent. Yeah. Um, use a pace. It's a, you know, it's it's basically saying uh, use a pace. And if you're very rich, you're not paying that much. You're not paying. You know, well, actually, if you're very rich, well, you're the, probably not paying the, 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 the national health becomes a. You know, the, the, the peasants are paying for your health care. Mm. Um, oh, Do you know it's worse than that, actually? Do, let me take it another stage. Uh, okay. If you're not aghast by all of that. So the idea is that a lot of this will pay for social care. Uh, so people who are living in care homes, which are used to be provided by local authorities by and large, now, mm-hmm. because local authorities have reduced the number of social care places that are available, a lot of for-profit companies are in this sector now. So 85% of social care places are provided by for-profit companies. So uh, in effect, what you're doing is you're actually saying, well, okay, you're going to pay to uh, to improve social care, and a lot of that money is going to find itself in the pockets of... Uh, uh, a, a for-profit companies, so it's the poor paying for the uh, uh, for, for the, the profits. profits of the rich. Yeah, so it's Vardy, even even Vardy. more astonishing, isn't it? Gets more astonishing by the second. Oh. yeah. I mean, the, 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 you know, let's take the the, the sensible uh, approach to begin with, and that is the government you know, creates money. Uh, what taxation does is take money out of circulation. It doesn't pay for anything in that sense. That's, that's the, the advantage of things through a modern monetary theory lens. The question is, who do you take the money out of? Now, if you take it out of the accounts of, of a particular social class, that social class is going to have less, less of that money left over. 
the other social classes will have more. So what is this doing? It's taking the money out of the hands of the working and middle class and giving it to the and, and leaving it in the hands of the ruling class. And that is so, that's why I say the only way to understand the UK is to see. Imagine that William the Conqueror is still in charge and he still regards the uh, the, the Angles and Saxons as Jews as a bunch of peasants who deserve to be done in. Um, and and that's what this is doing. Yeah. No no other way to. It is, it is just ludicrous that the UK lets the, 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 the lets this happen to itself. Uh, you know, the, they they still vote for conservatives, and and they still and will. They still get, and they still because yeah, I I, I was when I tweeted that this is uh, you know Boris Johnson's poll tax moment because it mm -hmm. was pretty much the same thing. You know, Margaret Thatcher went too far. She didn't quite understand that actually placing a flat amount that wasn't a flat tax. That was actually a, a flat fee that, uh, you know, you should pay uh, everybody, whether you earned a, a, a £10 million pounds or £15,000, uh, if you lived in a particular um, local authority area, then you should pay the same, physically the same amount of money to cover your national, to cover your local authority services, you know, for the bins and all that sort of mm. stuff. Uh, and, uh, and then even worse, if you were in a rich uh, neighborhood, then in fact the poll tax was generally less. It was the poor neighborhoods that needed more services um, that had to charge more. And of course, they were places where there were poor people. Margaret Thatcher didn't really realize that that wasn't going to go out too well. There were the poll tax riots, and she, in the end, was ousted. It's the thing that finished her off. I was wondering whether this, it's not quite as extreme as poll tax, but it is a flat rate tax that is being mm. applied to everybody, which means that the poor are worse off as a result of it. But you know what? I was expecting there would be riots and revolts, at least, you know, the odd newspaper article, but the whole focus in the press and that the whole uh, debate that's being it's taking place on social media are, is basically, isn't this good? The NHS is getting more money at long last. Oh, my God. Yeah. So people I mean, are buying it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, this is the depressing thing, that this mainstream thinking, you know, how we're going to pay for it um, is so pervasive and it's it's everybody thinks in terms of a household and how do we raise the money for it after put up my fees or the government's got to do the same thing um and therefore they get a free pass for doing this but uh you know for a start they should have a it should, it should be a flat percentage of, if you're going to do it at all it should be a flat percentage of income for everybody which is what the, the australian situation is the two percent rate mm. uh, on income income tax no matter what your income is well the, in, in the uk actually is it's two percent isn't it if you don't pay national health insurance so in the uk if you if you take out private national health insurance you don't pay that surcharge so the in the in, in australia sorry so the, the australian way is basically to say hey take out private health insurance that way we don't need to worry about it uh, if you don't do that when we're, then we're going to charge you two percent so for a lot of people the richer you are the more incentive there is for you to take out private health insurance so, because that's a, that's a flat a flat fee versus paying two percent of your income. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know whether that's a good but, system or not. I used to hate it when I lived in Australia. I used to I used to think, why shouldn't I choose if I want to take national if I want to take private health cover, or if I want to pay for my own health cover, why do I need to pay an insurance company? I just looked at it and thought this is just a subsidy for the health insurance industry rather than the health industry. Mm. Um, but you know, looking back at it in distance now and seeing what we're doing in the UK, it doesn't seem that bad, perhaps. Compared to the UK, it's got to be better because um, you couldn't do you couldn't do worse than that unless you taxed you know 
tax 20% for people on zero income and dropped it down to, you know, zero tax on those above 100,000. It's just so ludicrously unfair. And the thing is, what, what this means is when you look at how, you know, money is actually created, the government by running a deficit creates money. Uh, it then by, it, by taxing, it takes that money out of circulation. But when it's taxing, it's taking out of a particular person's uh, 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 bank accounts. So if you have a system which the poor obviously can't evade because they can't afford, uh, they've got to do their own tax. They can't hire an accountant to do it for them to begin with. They can't do anything to fight it. You're taking out 12% of their income. Now you're bumping up 13.5% you're taking out. They end up with nothing in their bank accounts, whereas with the rich who are earning, obviously, <laughs> because they are rich, are earning far more, and you're taking less out of their banks. So you're actually encouraging yeah. the, in, the in, in inequality of the accumulation of income. And that's out of the money being created by the government sector, let alone the, you know, the, the property owning uh, differences between social classes there. So it is, it's, it's just, again, it's Monty Python all over. Let's look at another dimension of this then, because currently uh, you can get care from your, so we're talking about old age pensioners now, uh, who uh, who maybe need uh, need to go into a home or, or, or get some sort of support that they can't mm. look after themselves at home or disabled people anybody who needs assistance uh, you can't and and it really was the role of the local council to to provide that care it was part of their remit mm. uh, the the rule was basically if you've got savings of more than twenty three thousand two hundred and fifty pounds which is you know not a lot uh, mm. then you can't get help with uh, a care home cost if you own your own property. So if you've uh, if you own your own property but you've got the savings of less than that, it doesn't matter. But if you've um, but if you've got that amount of money and you own your own property, uh, then you can't get help. Uh, you've you basically got to sell your house. Now that threshold has been increased to one hundred thousand pounds. Still not a great deal, but the idea is that you know older people say, well, we want to hang on to our homes for as, as long as possible. So we'll take that hundred. You know, we'll you can pay us before we have to sell our house. You can you can pay our health care. So, but there's a question here, isn't there? On how how unfair is it? I mean, I, nobody wants to get rid of their house, but there is the question uh, about young people on low incomes, perhaps with with university debt, having to pay to help older people keep their homes that they bought at a far lower rate, without debt from university, buying at a time when homes were three or four times the salary rather than eight or ten times. So you've got young people helping old people hang on to their houses to pay for their health care when those young people haven't got a cat in the house chance of being able to afford a house themselves, and even more so now because their taxes have just gone up. Yeah. It's a difficult one, isn't it? It's a, you know, Because everyone wants to keep their house. I mean, it seems unfair that you have to get rid of it. But how do you solve that particular quandary? Yeah, I mean, to, to me, I mean, this, this, <laughs> there should be, I mean, you're I'm speechless sorry. by all of I this, aren't you? Completely <laughs> inarticulate because it is so. I mean, I'm used to handling stupidity on a regular basis. I'm reading neoclassical economics all the time. Mm. Uh, that, that's that's certainly a lesson in in seeing how people, intelligent people, make stupid decisions with stupid logic. But this is how, it's outrageously. But how stupid. do you? How, okay, so but a broader question: How do you create a situation where old people who need to go into into uh, into homes in later in life? don't have to sell their house to be able to afford to do it? Or should they just have to sell it? I mean, they don't need the house anymore if they're, if they're getting provided with care. Maybe they should just sell them. 
Well, I mean, what you've turned, you've turned, this is getting at another issue because you've turned housing into an asset rather than a consumption item. Uh, if you're looking at, uh, if houses were just places we lived in, you know, for shelter alone, then that wouldn't be an issue. Uh, it's the fact that it turns up an inheritance and in, in passing on wealth from one generation to another that it becomes a, you know, the, the issue is, is we're discussing it. Um, but this is this is again. I saw Stephanie Kelton has a great talk out on TED right now. She's got to do an official TED talk on MMT. But this this again comes down to the what happens when you mistake that the government creates the money it needs for things like uh, paying for a, a national health scheme, and the taxation does nothing. It has nothing to do with it. But because we have this wrong notion that taxes pay for services then people can be persuaded to believe they have to pay a tax, otherwise there won't be mm. a national health scheme. Now, as, as Stephanie would say, the, the, if you don't pay your taxes, there'd be runaway inflation, not a national health scheme. It wouldn't, wouldn't be the national health scheme you, you uh, uh, do without without the tax. It'd be price stability you do without, without the tax. Um, so you don't need... The government could simply be funding the national health. Um, and then the question is, where do they? That, that it takes money to fund the national health. They create the money by running a deficit, uh, but you create so much money because of the scale of government spending. Then you have to take it out of circulation. And whose bank accounts do you take it out of? And the the preference should be at least you know constant across all income streams, preferably progressive, taking money out of the hands of people who to whom that money is less significant than it is when you're poor. But the Brits do the exact opposite. They're taking it out of the hands of people who need it desperately and putting it in the hands of those who are already comfortable. And it's going to the National Health Service for most healthcare. It's not going into uh, – there's a lot of private enterprises. As I said, 85% of social care places are run by uh, for-profit companies. So, what what's your thought on that on, on the mix? Because I can I can argue I can argue convincingly both ways here, Steve. Because on if you look at the National Health Service, you've got a care, a national care provider, uh, the only game in town for a lot of providers of uh, you know of of the, the the services, but also you know stuff that's the consumables by the National Health Service. Uh, they you know you can charge them what they like because uh, you know because they're going to pay. So there's that whole thing, isn't there, about prices of of consumables get inflated uh you know it's like if the government says hey we're going to build lots of motorways guess what the price of tarmac goes up so it's the same with the the national health service but on the other side you've got health care providers for the elderly making profits out of uh you know out of what was once provided for by um by the by the public sector and that doesn't seem right does it that shareholders are benefiting from uh from the, from pe- taxpayers paying to keep people in care homes well, a large part of uh, you know, profit for uh, the low life in capitalism actually comes out of exploiting loopholes in government regulations and mm. uh, taking in things things like care homes and you know, under providing to the to the residents of those places and therefore. Uh, getting a higher level of profit and paying lousy wages to the workers, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, often when you, when you get, uh, and, and there's some classic instances of that, again, I've seen in Australia recently, uh, Lamborghini owning uh, executives who run care homes where the um, level of food being passed out to the residents is, is uh, you know, causing malnutrition. 
that sort of appalling treatment. So in this sort of area, I, I'm in favour of you know, the government doing being being the provider all the way through and setting minimum standards, you know, both stand, standards in the terms of the salaries of people who work there. So you don't get the gig economy effect where people work at two or three of these places. And that's one of the reasons we had such an outbreak of, uh, of COVID through care homes to begin with. Uh, and And then minimum standards for the residents as well because otherwise they'll get screwed by uh, by the unprincipled elements of the of the ruling class and there's a fair few of those in the well, UK. Well, let's, uh, let's get sued then, shall we? Uh, let's talk about one small example. Can't get sued because it's in their annual report if you, if you, want, if you take an issue oh, with this. Okay. Uh, so, Barchester Healthcare, uh, it's a company that the Macquarie Bank actually were going to buy. It's a UK company. Uh, they're, they're so successful, the Macquarie Bank, who, you know, big in, in any big infrastructure play, uh, monopolies their favourites. Um, they were going to invest in Barchester Healthcare, basically buy them out, but they pulled out because of uncertainty over Brexit and the pound. Uh, so, uh, mid-range player, they only make £658 million a year, or they did in 2019. They had a f- uh, before-tax profit of £21 million. Uh, you know, small uh, small mm-hmm. margin, I guess. But still, they managed to pay dividends of £9 million. So there's £9 million going to their investors. Then, the highest-paid director was on £2 million, so I'm sure he's got a Lamborghini. Uh, mm-hmm. And, of course, because they're a company, they're paying corporate tax and other taxes, so they're paying £6 million back into into taxes. So there's a whole heap of money which is uh, being spent not on healthcare. Uh, it doesn't make any sense, does it? When you could just have, you know, give a, a, a slice of that, a lot less money than you, you uh, Barchester Healthcare is making, uh, give that to local authority and say, hey, hey, here you are, you do it. Yeah, and the, the privatisation of healthcare and, and of, uh, of of aged care as well has been a travesty. Uh, wherever you where you see it happening, because often the profits that come out of under provisioning, and you then have entire bureaucracy being necessary to go and check and see whether that's happening or not. Um, so the costs of monitoring and and then the the salaries that are paid to the top executives in these groups and the profits that are, that are taken uh, are far more inefficient than if it was done by a bungling government in- institution in the first place. Mm. So it's 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 a the mythical argument of the you know efficient public private sector and the and the bungling pu- public um, leaving out the extent to which you've got the the you know the robber baron personalities getting in charge of those um, rather than uh, you know. Uh, the, the whole idea that competition will solve this uh, is is a is a, a fallacy. Where you've got stuff which is you know essential for life. If you are going to have aged care, um, then the alternative of not getting aged care is being un- is being homeless on the street. Uh, it, it's not the sort of place where you can go and decide to go to one supermarket or another and buy you know the, your favourite brand of bubble gum at a, at a lower price. Uh, so the whole idea that the price mechanism will cope with this is just wrong when you've got critical things like healthcare and like aged care. The one of our listeners, I love this. Uh, I don't know if it was a comment on the uh, on the website or whether it was a tweet, and I'm paraphrasing, but it was something like, uh, "Capitalism is a marvelous thing once you've covered all the necessities of life." You know, the, the market forces should be there once, mm. you've, once you've covered the essentials. So, you know, health, obviously, uh, is, is an essential. Here's a, 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 to finish off, tell me, I've got, because I've got, you'll be very pleased to know, I've got a policy here. This is what I think Boris should have done to try and fix the mm-hmm. whole the whole problem without going down the whole road of tell, tell, telling everybody that, you know, hey, 
look at modern monetary theory, which obviously mm. is the is the way forward. Just let the government spend the money, uh, and um, uh, and don't worry about the debt because it's it's not really debt. If you mm. if you if you if you still wanted to balance the books, if you still had that that idea, then mm. uh, you've, the issues are how do you pay all this money without people selling their homes? That seems to be the big fear. And in fact, uh, Theresa May. Uh, basically lost uh, her position because she was saying, yeah, you know, people should have to sell their homes. That was, in effect, what she was uh, she was advocating. So that mm-hmm. people don't want to do that for some reason, even though they're not going to need it. And the reason is because their kids are looking at it and rubbing their hands with glee and saying, isn't this marvellous inherited wealth, which is massive in mm-hmm. the UK. I know so many people, because my wife, you know, rides horses, so she's she's with the horses. She's at the lower end of the horsey set because I'm having to pay for it and she's mm-hmm. having to pay for it. But she, she mixes with very, very wealthy people who don't have high-paying jobs. It's all inherited wealth. We've got massive estates. It's just astonishing how much inherited wealth there is in the UK, uh, far mm-hmm. more than you, you see in, in Australia. So uh, that's, the, you know, the two-speed economy based on inheritance. So um, I'd stop uh, th- this inherited wealth by saying you you don't have to sell your home to pay for your health care, but there's going to be a very hefty inheritance tax. So you can hang on to your house, but you're going to have to sell it anyway, And you know, when you die, and the estate's not going to get passed on to your kids. I think that would keep the value of houses down because people wouldn't be over-investing in it as a means of passing on their, their wealth. So it would make... But, you know, arguably, um, health uh, houses more affordable. It would also more than cover the cost of health care uh, because it would be going to look after the poor people rather than buying vast quantities of land in the UK. And obviously, it would limit the costs and profitability of those private care providers if they existed because there'd be less money available from the sale of homes. I'm sure a lot of these companies are doing well. Because they're preying on people at a time when, you know, when an old person who's not, not got all their mental faculties uh, sells their house to afford to, to, to pay for uh, a care home. Obviously, the care home is going to overcharge. So you get over that problem because they're not selling their house. So uh, it would subdue the cost even if you had private care providers. It would all be solved basically by saying, yeah, we're going to have a hefty inheritance tax. and We're going to use that to pay for the health service. And that would involve uh, going back and winning the, uh, and defeating the Normans at 1066. <laughs> I mean, the, you know, the, 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 it's, it's, it's just this attitude of, of you know, screw the workers um, that, that seems it certainly dominates the Conservative Party in the UK, mm. but it's throughout the tax scheme. And yet, this is the, the Labour Party's got no answer. I mean, there's the Labour, you know, this is a. Uh, did, La- did, La- did Labour get rid of the poll tax? Oh well, they, they, conservatives got rid of the poll tax because they knew it was going to be unpopular. It wasn't getting. It but you got the you got the bedroom tax, haven't you? That's still there. Yeah, well, that's a that's a social that's a social care. Yeah, that's a if you if you've got a house, if you are living in a uh, council house and the council house is too big for you, then you have to pay a, a tax on the. But, but, on but the also, bedroom. didn't is, there is a local tax based on how many bedrooms your house has? Oh, the you you pay your rates. Which is based yeah, on yeah, based on how many bedrooms you have. Well, okay? it's part and parcel. Uh, it also how big your garden yeah. is and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but it, but it's but it's per bedroom, regardless of whether the bedroom's got Louis the Fifteen ceilings or not. Um, you know, <laughs> it, again, it's it's a flat rate thing which hits the working class mm. uh, and barely touches the, the the wealthy. And this again is just seems to be the nature of the of the UK establishment. Re- almost regardless whether you've got Labour or Conservatives in power, that sort of thing remains. And 
the end result is you've got a working class and a middle class that can't afford to spend, and wow, you get, you get a stagnant economy out of that. How well, amazing. Amazing, isn't it, that, uh, yeah, here we are with our bounce-back economy, uh, you know, as we come out of the worst recession ever, uh, well, certainly since the war, and, uh, you know, the, this was uh, the last quarter was going to be one of those magnificent quarters of growth, and uh, actually it grew 0.1%. So the recovery has stalled. Uh, and uh, d- d- really, not not a great time to be putting taxes up. You wouldn't have thought. And that's the thing you want. You, you want to, you know, you, you, the government money is the only thing that kept the uh, global economy going uh, through, through COVID. And now to be taking it out on the other side is you just, uh, you know, the, the 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 downturn in private spending was counted by government spending. Now you're going to cause a downturn by by reducing that government spending after the whole. Uh, crisis, if there is such a thing as after. I still wonder whether they're ever ever going to be talking about post-COVID and actually generally mean it's not there anymore or we've reduced it to the uh, to a you know a, a minor seasonal illness. But the the damage we're doing to the nature of society in the process of all this is just breathtaking. Mm. Well, and look, that one one it, and a half percent. Oh God Almighty! One and sorry, a quarter. No, it's not that bad. Don't overplay it, Steve. It's only one and a quarter. Percent. No, only one and a quarter percent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, look, you know, I'm glad you were gassed by this because I was astonished, and I was even more astonished by the fact that the media hadn't picked up on it. So uh, I had to vent my spleen on this one. So thank you for uh, allowing me to uh, and sharing my horror at it all. Uh, uh, and it is, it is horror. Uh, look, next week uh, we'll go. We've talked about QE a lot, uh, but I want to look at the way central banks are responding now uh, to us supposedly coming out of the pandemic. Even though, as you say, it's going to be with us for quite the, the virus is going to be with us for quite some time. Uh, and I want to ask the question: Is QE actually becoming MMT just by another name? Do we actually ever expect that this money is going to be paid back? We'll look at that next week. Thanks, Steve. Okay. All right. Bye. You know, this uh, issue of inheritance tax is going to be uh, something that I think is going to be big in the news this week. Last month, there was one Tory backbench MP in the UK who was saying that inheritance tax should be reduced to 10%. So we have more wealth being passed on from generation to generation. What a bad idea that was. And yet there's newspaper reports this weekend saying that actually inheritance tax is next in the firing line. More people might have to sell their home to pay for their health care. Well, they wouldn't have to sell their home if, as I suggested, we just had a bigger inheritance tax. Makes no difference, really, does it? You're not going to live in the house because you're living in a care home. Uh, But why should it get passed on to your kids? We'd welcome your thoughts on that. We're back again next week with another one. Look, you've had the uh, the benefit of a full episode, even if you're a non-paying subscriber this week. Normally, you just get a 10-minute taste of the full podcast. Uh, so we'll hopefully you'll become a subscriber and you'll join us at debunkingeconomics.com or at Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Prof Steve Keen. Back next week, I'm Phil Darby with Steve Keen. See you then. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you've enjoyed listening to Debunking Economics, uh, even if you haven't, you might also enjoy the Y-Curve. Each week, Roger Hearing and I talk to a guest about a topic that is very much in the news that week. It's lively, it's fun, it's informative. What more could you want? So search the Y-Curve in your favourite podcast app 
or go to ycurve.com to listen.